0: Thank you. In the book of, uh, you don't have to turn here, I'm just going to give a little bit of instruction, but in the book of 1 Corinthians, the 2nd, 13th, and 14th chapter talks about spiritual gifts. We're all familiar with those. We're Pentecostal, right? We're familiar with the gifts of the Lord and, and what those mean. And I was sensing just as we were concluding there, and I wasn't sure the timing of this, but um, uh, I, I believe the Lord wants to use one of those gifts. In there, uh, there, there's a gift called prophecy that the Lord gives uh, to people. What does prophecy do? It doesn't, doesn't necessarily foretell the future. Prophecy is a word that is given to exhort, to encourage the church, to admonish. Those are all big words, aren't they? Those are $10 words. To admonish, to encourage, to lift up the church. And I just felt that somebody has something. This week you have been praying for the church, and the Lord has given you something to share that will encourage our body. Our church body, and it's Lisa. So Lisa, here you go, sweetie. <laughs> Sorry, can I call you sweetie? <laughs> sure.
1: All right, so first of all, I just want to thank the Lord because he put something on my heart this morning, and um, I knew it was from him. And then when I was here, that same thing came back to me, and I said, Lord, am I supposed to share this? And I said, Lord, you'd have to tell them up there, that there was a word that needed to be shared. So I knew without a doubt. Mm -hmm. So may you receive this. But the Lord told me this morning that our our walk with him is not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be like we're going against the current. If you're in a swimming pool and you make that, let's all go around in the circle. And then you turn around and you go the opposite way. That's what our walk is supposed to be like. But but God will help us. When we're going against that current and it's hard and we get tired, we give up and say forget it. And we just continue to go with the flow. God is going to carry us past that point. So be encouraged, church.
0: Just receive that. I feel that's for our church as well, the body of Christ, but just take your moment and, and to receive that. Lord, we received that word this morning. Holy Spirit, thank you that you give us strength, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Corinthians talks about decency and in order, and so that's what we do, you know. Let, let a couple people speak, two or three, who feel that you have a word from the Lord. And I think Miss Gail had, you know, she obviously had the platform and the microphone. Lisa, spot on. Anybody else? Miss Christine?
2: I've been doing a Bible study about um, freedom. I've been a Christian for 30 years, but I don't have the, all the freedom that I'm desiring. And so what the Lord's been teaching me is discernment and finding out what is the truth and what is the lie. So And so in my mind, as thoughts come to me, he's helping me with this. It might even be someone I see on the street that I might want to think something negative, but I don't want to think negative about my people that live out in the world. To pray for them when that negative thought comes, because God knows what they're going through, I don't. And so when we have these thoughts coming in our minds, we need to stop and think. Does that lift us up? then it's from the Lord. If it pulls us down or causes us to think something about someone, it's from the enemy, which means right. it's a lie. Right. And so we need to search our hearts and pray for discernment so we can recognize where those thoughts are coming from. Amen.
0: So, Lord, we search our hearts this morning. And even as Lisa was saying, the, the current of the world is the negativity. The current is the world is to look less upon other people, but God, we choose today to go the other way, to go against the current, to listen to the voice of your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you, ladies, thank you, ladies, for being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and and what you felt that he was saying to you today. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Exodus 33. Don't you love it when the Lord just speaks to us? I know He speaks to us every single day. The key is discerning. Lord, are You speaking this for me, or are You speaking this for the body of Christ? And uh, I want to encourage you when we have moments like this, and you're questioning. If you find you're questioning yourselves, is this for me, or is this for the body of Christ? If you're arguing with yourself, (laughs) most likely it's the Lord saying, "No, you need to share this." And you tend to, you know, go back and forth with yourself on this, uh, because you know the old thing: if you talk to yourself, that's one thing. But if you answer back, then that's another thing. But I want to, so if you're sensing that, uh, I want to, to, to be able to grow and develop in these gifts of the Spirit. So again, if you're arguing with yourself, it's probably God saying, share this. And um, but we'll have more of those opportunities. Amen. So thank you too for, um, for sharing that word with us. Well, I want to ask you a question. We're starting a new series today. Let me set this up before I ask you the question. As we're going through this year, we're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit, the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Foursquare's theme for the whole year, our denomination, is Jesus Christ who who transforms us, and how he transforms us is through the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence, the power, and the person of the Holy Spirit. Foursquare, we believe this, that Jesus is our Savior, he's our baptizer in the Holy Spirit, so that's where we're coming from this year. He's our healer and he's our soon coming king. So next year we're going to be talking about our healer as far as the denomination goes. But right now we're focusing on the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And you think, how in the world can you take a whole year to to speak on the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you, that's not enough time. (laughs) (laughs) to speak on the person of the Holy Spirit. And you will find even next year, I don't know what next year is going to look like exactly. I'm sure we will touch on healing. I don't know if it'll be the whole year or not. I just don't know. I need to, October is typically the time that I go away to do my study for the year, uh, for the following year. So we'll see where the Lord is leading and all of that. But I want to be a follower of the Holy Spirit and who He is and be submitted uh, to, to who He is. But we could talk Forever and a day about the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Because here's what I know. The more I hear about Him, the more I know Him. We're going to repeat some things from time to time. Absolutely. But you know, as things are repeated, we learn them over and over. We begin to learn them more. That's why, especially with, now I, t- I didn't take early childhood, but my wife did. So I would listen to the things that she was doing. What we do with our kids, we may do the same lesson for an entire month. Why would we do that? Well, because kids learn by repetition. Now, we're not children anymore, but we still learn by repetition. I want to hear over and over and over about who the Holy Spirit is. Why is he so important? Because the Bible tells me this. One, he points my praise and adoration to the Father and to Jesus. He's my comforter. He's, he's the one who speaks God's word to me to open it up. So I want to know who he is and the power and the presence that He's had. he has Um, In my life, so I have you turning to Exodus 33 that we'll be at in just a moment But the question I want to ask today as we're discovering the Holy Spirit uh, through this next series Are we desperate for his spirit? That's the title for today. Are we truly desperate for the Spirit of God? So that's what we're where we'll be headed today. I want to ask you a question This is the part where I ask for feedback. I want to ask you this question. What is your most prized, most valuable possession that you have, and it's okay if it's something material. I'm not looking for the Bible that my great-great-great-grandfather had. I'm not necessarily looking for that, but if it is, that's fine. Let me just open it up real quick uh, for, for us. In two weeks, we're going to be celebrating moving into our brand new home. Well, it's not brand new. To us, it was new. We love our house. We love going out in the mornings on the screened-in porch and reading our Bibles and listening to the birds. So it's, it's a prized possession. Another prized possession that I have that I would bring, I've brought in from time to time, is a picture that's on my wall in the office that I received from my pastor whenever I launched out of my first church uh, where I was an associate. I was there for eight, 10 years, grew up there. Um ten years that I was there. But it's a picture of a shepherd leading sheep, and it was it was taken over in Israel when Foursquare was in Israel several years ago for convention. And he told me this, he said, uh some of you have heard this before. He said, David, when you look at this picture, don't forget you are a shepherd who will lead people. And because I didn't have I won't say I had low self esteem, but I just thought, Lord, why are you calling me to something even greater? But he turned it around and he said, Also, don't forget you're one of these sheep, and you need to look to your shepherd. That's another one of my prize possessions. So a couple things there that, that I, I, I love those, those. Those are the two things that I would say prize possessions. What about you? What's something that's your prize possession? Be bold. Yes. I have a picture of a girl, young girl, holding a sheep. Okay. God has put it in my heart to love children, and so they're some of His most precious sheep. Yep. Picture of a young girl holding a sheep. Uh, reminds her of how much she loves children. Allison. Eric? We oh. moved to
1: Texas. Um, I was in middle school, and there was, it was the first like, Wednesday there for youth, and they were having like bring your vintage toy, and all our toys were in storage still, so my mom went to the drugstore and bought one and ran it over with the car to make it vintage.
0: Right, so she had a teddy bear, in case you didn't hear, it was a vintage toy day, she didn't have a vintage toy, so her mom went to the store, bought a teddy bear, ran it over with the car, (laughs) your mom would do anything for you. What else is a prized possession that you have? Yes. We have a wonderful cavalier puppy. A cavalier puppy? (laughs) And she reminds me of the unconditional love that God gives us. Yes, he does give us unconditional love, Amen. One more. Prize possession. Oh, hey, Miss Vicki.
2: I have my grandmother's antique pump organ.
0: Grandmother's antique pump organ. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. I wouldn't want to play that, but I bet it's cool. <laughs> well, the, the best-looking legs in the congregation at that time. Oh, I bet so. She said the organist had the best-looking legs in the congregation at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. (laughs) We'll just leave that right there. (laughs) Many of these things, that as a prized possession, you may insure. You you take special care of these things. Um, You know I. Now, I don't have these particular possessions, but I love looking at people who have classic cars. You know, I look around the room, there's some folks who have classic cars, and and I hear the stories about how they have to specially insure these things, because how do you value a car? How does all that come up with? But we typically will insure these things, or at least if they're not insurable, I think of the pictures that we have, I really can't insure those. How are you going to get back a picture like that that was taken? Now, a painting you can insure, and you know, those type of things, but I guess you can insure anything, but anyway way you take care of those particular uh, type of things some of these things you may not get out a whole lot in other words you may keep it covered up um, again you're taking care of what you have but today I, I had our mind on what is your most valuable possession for this very reason it's easy to see things that are possessions and that we love and that we appreciate But I want to talk, what we're talking about today is this, the person of the Holy Spirit. He is so much more valuable than any other treasure we possess. Now, we don't keep him covered up. That's our goal. Sometimes we do, right? I'll admit it. Sometimes I keep him covered up. But our goal with the Holy Spirit is we need you to lead us. We need you to guide us. We need you to show us Jesus I need to help, I need your help through every single day as I am a husband, as I am a dad, as I am a church leader, as I am a neighbor. I need you more than anything. The question as I was looking over this and thinking is how often do I treat the Holy Spirit as though he is my most valuable possession? And how do I guard and steward that quote possession? I want to tell you a story. this was several years ago. There was a time in our ministry, Stasha and myself, um, in our, we'll call it our ministry career, okay? This wasn't just our, our general life, but it was our career. We were in a place where we were being conditioned to go through the motions of church. And I don't think it was an intentional thing by our leader at the time. I, matter of fact, I know it wasn't intentional. But the way, the particular role that we had, and what he was expecting from us, we were conditioned to go through the motions of church. Do you know what I'm talking about? You come in, you smile, you do a good service, and you leave, and you say thank God for what you've done today. Uh, maybe you know it's just it was just an unintentional thing, but we were being conditioned in this way. And here's how I know that: we were frustrated in ministry. You ever been? that place where you're just, you're just kind of frustrated in ministry, and you don't know why you can't put a finger on it. As a matter of fact, now this, hold on, we wanted to get out of that ministry. I want you to hold on to that for a moment. We, we just, we were done. We were, here's why we were done. We weren't done with the Lord. We weren't done with the Holy Spirit. We were tired of doing church, showing up on Sunday. Uh, this I wasn't speaking on Sundays at that time, showing up on Sunday, greeting people, sitting down in the pew, singing a few songs, leaving, and coming back next week. And in between, it was just busyness getting ready for the next Sunday. Wasn't a whole lot of people involved. It wasn't a whole lot of this and that. It was just, we were frustrated. And we said, Lord could you move or could you move us now i want to tell you this we were a lot more immature at the time all right we were we were we were quite a bit immature at the time but that was our prayer lord move or move us looking back at that i understand that prayer a little bit more we were desiring a move of the holy spirit not necessarily a physical location change but a move of the holy spirit does that make sense we weren't seeing the power of the holy spirit happen in our lives, the responsibilities that we had didn't require us to rely on the Holy Spirit, and we knew it. The responsibilities. Did you hear what I said? The responsibilities. Now, in our own cells, you know, Lord, I need your help raising these boys because they were six and four at the time. Really cute. You should see pictures of them. I post them occasionally. Really cute boys. Being a husband, I was relying on the Holy Spirit, but I just felt like Everything outside of that, God, I, I'm really not having to rely on you. I could do the job in my own strength. And I didn't like it. I don't think I understood it fully then, okay? Again, it was a lot more immature at that time. But we honestly didn't like it. Here's what I've come to understand following God should require you and me to pray and seek God's face every single day. Amen. If parenting parents, uh, Parentheses, parents. I'm speaking to parents. (laughs) If parenting doesn't require you to pray and seek God every day, here's what I found out you're doing it wrong. If being married doesn't require you to pray and seek God every day, you're doing it wrong. I'm not saying, Lord, you need to help me with this man. (laughs) Lord, you need to help me with this woman. God, you need to help me with these children. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I want my wife to be in the exact will that you have for her. Don't let me hinder this. God, my children, there's such a, man, there's a responsibility and a call that's on their life, and I don't want to mess it up by my actions. Could you empower me by your Holy Spirit? That's what I'm talking about. Not, Lord give me grace, because if you give me strength, somebody's going to end up in jail. You know, not that type of thing. But Lord, I need you. If your job doesn't require you to pray and seek God every day, you're doing it wrong. If your ministry here at Abundant Life doesn't require you to pray and seek God every day, you're doing it wrong. I heard Allison, she was talking just a little bit ago how she's been praying through this week. She didn't say she prayed this morning when she woke up, although she did. She didn't just pray this morning when she woke up. She's been praying all this week. Holy Spirit, have your way within the service as we sing praises to your name. Your job here at Abundant Life, even in your neighborhood, if it doesn't require you to pray and seek God every day, we're doing it wrong. Now notice, I didn't say you were in the wrong marriage. I didn't say you were at the wrong job. I didn't say that you know, you're parenting the wrong kids. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> parenting the wrong kids. Maybe I should say it this way. If you don't feel the need to pray and seek God, I need the presence of the Holy Spirit to live. I need the presence of the Holy Spirit to say, Lord, I, I do. Just the fact that we know He loves us, Man, when you have that confidence, think about yourself. I know we all didn't come up, and and I had an amazingly supportive mom. I never felt unloved, but not every one of us did. Imagine not feeling that love from the Father every single day. We We need to be desperate for the presence of the Holy Spirit. If we do any of these things and find that we don't need God's help, we're doing it wrong. And I want to husband right. I want to parent right. I want to lead the congregation right. God, I am desperate for you Amen. in these moments and the responsibilities that you've given to me. We cannot neglect the person of the Holy Spirit. There's a quote that's going to be up here by David Platt. It says, The greatest hindrance to the advancement of the glory of God in the world today is the attempt of the church of God to do the work of God without the power of the Spirit of God. I've been in a church like that. I've been in ministries like that. I've, been, I've lived life like that. The greatest hindrance to the advancement of the glory of God in the world today. When the glory of God is revealed in the world, people come to Jesus. People are healed. People are just, the blinders are taken off. But the greatest hindrance to that is the attempt of the church of God. Who's the church of God in here? We Believers. We're the church of God. To do His work without His Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you, you can minister in your own strength. I did not say you could minister effectively in your own strength. But you can minister in your own strength. I promise you it will not change the world. It will wear you out. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been to the point of, not because your husband gets on your nerves, your wife gets on your nerves, your kid gets on your nerves, the ministry gets on your nerves, because of, you know, them doing crazy things. But everything seems to be good, but you're just wore out. That's usually a good indicator that you are working from your own strength. And today what I want to encourage us in is let's rely on the power. In the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, you can work weeks on end. You can be giving all of yourself weeks on end. And it seems like, man, I should be wore out by now. Yes, we do need to rest. That's a whole other sermon we'll talk about later. But what I'm saying is we can have moments in time, seasons like that, and yet not burn out. Mr. Stoa, he says this all the time. He says, you know, burnout in ministry usually occurs whenever we are not spending time with God and asking him for his presence. That's a good indicator. When I sense burnout, that's a good indicator to me that I may be reading the word, but am I relying on the person and the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit? Again, yes, we need rest, but that's a whole other sermon. So just take that for for what that is at the moment. So with what I just said, the greatest hindrance to the advancement of the glory of God is the church doing the work of God without the Spirit of God. What if the greatest hindrance to the church is not the self-indulgent immorality that plagues us? Although it is, right? But what if that's not the biggest hindrance? There's a bigger hindrance than immorality in the church. and That's not relying on the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a greater hindrance than infighting. Now, thank God we have unity at Abundant Life. I pray that that continues. doesn't mean we don't have disagreements. We just don't have infighting, at least that I'm aware of. We won't tolerate it for one reason, because the Bible talks to about, about unity. And if we are not in unity, then the enemy can come in and totally mess up the work that God has designed, right? So we want to rely on the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's why. I understand this as the leader the pastor of the church. Believe it or not, I can be wrong at times. So, yeah, you were just last week. No. I can be wrong at times. You know what else? You can be wrong at times. But we love each other and we say, Holy Spirit, will you show me where I'm wrong? Because I don't want to hinder the advancement of the glory of God because of self. I don't want to, because of infighting. What if the self-sufficient mindset that we can possess that says, I've got this, is the greatest hindrance of the church today? And by the church, I'm not talking about just abundant life ministry, your responsibility as a person who's a child of God, your responsibility as a spouse, your responsibility as a parent, a grandparent, a co-worker. What if it's that, the self-sufficient mindset? I had you turn to Exodus 33. Let's start in verse 1. And we're going to go through verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Get going, you and the people you brought from the land of Egypt. Go up to the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I told them, I will give this land to your descendants, and I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hizzites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and I haven't done this in a while, the Perizzites. That's cheesy preacher quote. Go up to this land that flows with milk and honey. But I, I want you to underline this part. Go up to this land that flows with milk and honey. Does that sound like blessing to you? Basically, it was saying it was filled with all the blessings of God. But I will not travel among you, for you are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. Verse 4. When the people heard these stern words, they went into mourning and stopped wearing their jewelry and fine clothes. It is entirely possible to experience blessings, yet God not be a part of it. We've, had, we've developed this teaching in church, in, in Christendom, I should say. We've developed this teaching that if you are experiencing blessings, then it's got to be God. Well, this just shows us, that, shows us that that's not the case. God told them, go ahead and go to the land that I promised to you. But I'm not going to go with you. Why? Because they were a stubborn and rebellious people. Now, I'm not calling us stubborn and rebellious people today. I am calling myself that from time to time. What makes people a stubborn and rebellious people? Those who are not reliant on the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. In church, I have been stubborn and I have been rebellious. And say, God, I got this. No, really, I don't need your help here. I I, I can handle this. I've got it. And God said, well, go enter the land, go take possession of the blessings, but I'm not going with you. Let's keep going. As a matter of fact, let's drop down to verse 15 here. So we'll come back and read some more, but let's drop down to verse 15. Then Moses said, If you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How would anyone know that you look favorably on me and on your people if you don't go with us? For your presence among us set your people and me apart from the other people on the earth. Um, Keep going through verse 17 and 18 here. Then Moses replied, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you and I know you by name. Moses responded then show me your glorious power. Underline that last sentence. We'll get to it in just a moment. But that's quite a, quite a statement there. We must be more desperate for the presence of God than we are for the blessings of God. I love the blessings of God. Don't get me wrong. I told you, one of my most prized possessions was the fact that we are now, after then it was four and a half years uh, being here in Mooresville, we now own a piece of Mooresville. It's just outside the city limits, but we now own a piece of Mooresville. Uh, we love the house. We were just talking about it last night, how, man, we were looking for this, looking for that, and we saw a couple houses, and they just didn't work out. And then all of a sudden, we found this one. It's like, oh you know, the angels began to sing. And we, Lord, thank you for your blessing, you know. But what about this without the presence of God? What if this house was, I'm just talking here. What if this house was more for our benefit and not for the benefit of, Lord, bring people here so that we can minister the hope of Jesus. So we open up our home. Why is that? Lord, show your glorious presence in us and through us and among us. We must be more desperate for the presence of God than we are for the blessings of God. The Lord convicted me on something. He said, could you minister as effectively in a shack like they live in in Jamaica? We didn't do that when we first moved. We didn't have a lot of people. One, it was the size of our house. We didn't have a lot of people over. We just kind of felt, I don't know what we felt. We just didn't. The Lord convicted me on that. Now, I was going to say we must be more desperate for the presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, than for the presence, p-r-e-s-e-n-t-s. But that's a little too cheesy, but it does help you remember, doesn't it? God, I love your presence, but I want your, I need your presence. I need your presence more than anything. We are not saved for the blessings. We are saved to have more of God. Holy Spirit, show us more of who you are. Real quick, four reasons to be desperate for the Holy Spirit, as if there's only four, but we're going to talk about four reasons to be desperate for the Holy Spirit. First of all, we have an assignment that we cannot fulfill on our own. We have an assignment that we cannot fulfill on our own. See, Moses, as we read here, he recognized this of himself. God, I can't lead all these people that you've called me to, Moses said. If you don't go with us, I don't even want to go. Now, your assignment may not be to lead. Anybody lead a million people in here? We have some people who work high up in businesses and everything, but none of us are quite to that. But I promise you, when God calls you to something, normally it's bigger than what you think you can handle. Moses recognized this. God has called each of you. If you're sitting in a pew here today, a pew, a chair, if you're sitting in a chair here today and you are a believer, you are a Christian, you have committed your life to Jesus, God has called you to a bigger task than you can handle on your own. It could be being married. It could be being a parent. You know, I don't know how to husband all the time, right? I don't know how to parent all the time, right? I don't know how to lead a church, right? What is the thing that God has called you to? If it's not bigger than you can handle, then we need to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, I know you've called me to something bigger than I can handle. I need you. Show me. If you don't feel the magnitude of responsibility, it's possible that you're not recognizing the call of God upon your life. You know, for me, let's just keep going with this track here. As a husband, that's a huge weight. Now, I love carrying that weight. I really do. It's not too overwhelming for me to be a husband, right? But, man, when I realize, oh, my word, I could... I just learned this morning, one of my family members uh, came home and her husband told her, you know what, I'm done. That hurts. It hurts. Church, we need the presence and the person and the power of the Holy Spirit because even our relationships are bigger than us. Even our relationships are bigger than us. We need you, Holy Spirit. The Christian life was never meant to be comfortable. What dreams do you feel that God has placed on your heart that you have yet to fulfill? Go after it and rely on the Holy Spirit to help you. We've said this before. Some of the richest places on the planet are graveyards because so many Gifts have been buried with the people who die and are buried with them. I feel that, man, There's in this room, I, I know that there's gifts that are represented here, that you have not fulfilled the plan of God on your life. Now, that could be for a couple reasons. One, it could be the timing is not right now. But I feel that for some, it's we've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off because it feels too big for us. Let me tell you, you are in the plan and the placement of God. Because when God calls you to something, it's going to be bigger than you. How are you going to accomplish it? One way, through relying on the Holy Spirit to lead you. Just, just through that, and of course, so many other ways. But this is what we're talking about today. The person, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, so the first thing, we have an assignment that we cannot fulfill on our own. That's why we need to be desperate for Him, for the Holy Spirit. We need to be desperate for Him because we have a privilege we cannot forsake. Now I want you to back up with me to verse 7 here. It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everybody who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. So that's how they made their petitions. They would go outside of the camp. Whenever Moses went to the tent of meeting... Now get this picture, okay? If you can develop a movie in your head, I want you to get a picture of this and try to visualize this in your head. Whenever Moses went out of the city to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand at the entrances of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. So you're standing in your home and you're watching the priest go into the tent outside that you can you can just you can see him. He's way over there. And he's going into the tent. Everybody would stand at their door and watch. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at his entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. They saw this happen. The presence of God descend as though it were a cloud. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. As one speaks to a friend, um, the people were in awe as Moses went to be with the Lord. I I can't imagine what that was. To see the man of God walk to the tent. He goes inside the tent. A cloud descends on it, and they know that God is speaking to him at that moment. Man, can you imagine that? They even went to their knees. They're like, there's the presence of God way over there. They were in awe. They saw the cloud descend. Moses was meeting with God. And church, I want to encourage us, don't watch others go meet with God and watch his presence fill their life and ministry. And be, wow, that's so amazing what Dean does when he goes to Niger. God hasn't called us all to Niger, I get that. But, you know, even I feel that way sometimes. Lord, look what you did through Dean. God, look what you're doing through so-and-so. Look what you're doing through that. God has given us a responsibility, each and every one of us. We have a privilege we can't forsake, and we need the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and He longs to dwell in you and fill you with His presence. Be desperate for His presence and watch Him move in your life. Prioritize the presence of God. God, I need you today. I'm driving to work, and I need your presence today. I can't do this job on my own. You may have done your job for 80 years or however long. Scale that to where you are in life. You may have job, done your job for 20 years. You may have done it for five years. And I you know, think of Kevin. Man, he's done his job for 23 years. But he, he could probably do his job with his eyes closed. But Lord, I need the presence of your Holy Spirit. Why? So that he can get the truck ready to go? No, because the people that are around him. Or there's a solution that God will drop in Kevin's lap of how to make this job go better. And he goes to his bosses and they're like, wow, Kevin, you're the greatest thing in the world. You know, God will give you those things at your job. Why? Because he wants to be glorified through you. Allow God to work in you and through. Prioritize his presence. Thirdly, we have a family that we cannot forsake. That's back in verse 15. See, Moses emphasized God's presence being with all of them, not just himself. God, don't just be with me. Be with my kids and my wife. God, don't just be with me. Be with my church family. Be with my neighbors. Be with my coworkers. We have a family we can't forsake. Pray for God's fullness on all of those folks. God's work is about a people, a person, a group of people. Fourthly, we have a God that we cannot fathom. I had you a little bit ago pay attention to verse 18 there where it says, Show me your glorious presence. We have a God we can't fathom. In the Old Testament, people saw God's uh, full glory. If they saw his full glory, they would die. We read, (laughs) wow, think about that for a moment. If you saw the fullness of God, uh, think of the song we were just singing, let us become more aware of your presence, and then we die (laughs) because we just became more aware. Well, that's because they were a sinful people then and Jesus hadn't come. We understand all that. But they wouldn't sing that then because they understood that, well, it's not time for the sacrifice to be offered. So, Lord, don't show us your fullness just yet. (laughs) Let us be purified first. Thank God we don't have to worry about that today. Lord, will you forgive us? Thank you for Jesus. Now, will you show us your fullness and your glorious presence? We have a God we cannot fathom. Moses had experienced him and wanted more. Once you taste of the glory of God, you have a desire for more and more and more of him. You see, Jesus made it possible to experience the fullness of the presence of God. He sent his Holy Spirit so that we could do that. Next Sunday after church. My family and I are headed to the beach. It will be our family vacation. We're excited about it. I love going to the beach. We're going to come back Saturday. We're not going to miss a Sunday because we just love being with you all that much. We're not going to miss a Sunday. But we're going to come back on Saturday morning is when we'll leave to come back. We're going to the Outer Banks, so we need to leave a little bit early so we can make it back. I promise you if we leave at 10 o'clock, by 12 o'clock I will be saying as much as I want to be back here. And ready to go for what God has for us. I'll be saying, oh, I would love to be sitting on the beach just a little bit more. There's something about the beach that I love. You know, just it's soothing. It calms you. Right, Jerry? I mean, it just... How much more the presence of God. How much more the... And I I, I already want to go back to the beach and I haven't even gone yet. But how much more the presence of God. That's what wants me to come back. Lord, you've given me your presence, and it's not just for me. I want to I love my family. I want to I love the people in my church. I want to love the people in my community. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. Lord, this is a job that's bigger than me. God, I can't fathom how good you are, that you would, just your presence. God's presence is so much more desirable. And my question is, have we truly experienced his presence even lately? I want you to ask yourself that. Lord, have I experienced that need for you lately? John 16, I'm just going to read this quickly. It'll be up on the screen. John 16, verse 12 through 15. Jesus said, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. We have a God that we cannot fathom. We have a family that we cannot forsake. We have a privilege that we cannot forsake. And we have uh, an assignment that we cannot fulfill on our own. But Jesus has sent us the Holy Spirit. He has said this, the Father has given me all of these things. And now I am giving them to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. If I want all that the Father has, int- Father has intended for me through the person of Jesus, I've got to rely on the Holy Spirit. Are we desperate for that? Church, I want us to be so desperate for that. It will be visible. We will see it happen. And let me tell you, I've heard your stories. You're walking in this. So what am I saying today? One, if we're not walking in this, let's, let's, let's begin to do that. Holy Spirit, we need you today. If you are walking in this, Lord, we need more of you. You know, your tank can run empty. I had to fill up on the way into church this morning. Normally, I don't like to do that on a Sunday morning because I don't want to take the time to do that. But I just happened to look down and I was like, oh, that little light's on. That means, I always thought E meant enough. I didn't run out, so I did have enough. But I had to fill, you know, our tanks will run empty. We need the Holy Spirit. The job of the Holy Spirit is to take all that knowledge that Jesus has that the Father gave to him. And pass it on to us. While we can't fathom all of God, the Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus to us through signs, through wonders, through miracles, through salvation, and through healing. I just got asked a question recently. Why don't we see the things that happened in the book of Acts and that happen around the world? Why don't we see that more? As the church, we need the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. We will not see the miraculous if we are not relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. Why is it that Dean can go away and the Jamaica team can go away and see miracles happen? Because we go expecting and we have prayed up. What would it be like if we prayed every single day, Holy Spirit, use me for miracles and signs and wonders and salvation and wholeness in the life of people. I'm just challenging us today. I'm challenging me today. Lord, may we have an encounter. I'm getting ready to drive down to Darlington in just a few minutes, Well few hours. Go be with my racing people, taking Mo with me. I want to see people healed at the racetrack before the race today. I've been praying that someone would come to know Jesus today. Where is it that you're heading to? You know, oh, Jerry's back there and I'm talking to Jerry. When he goes to the racetrack and he's whooping up on those poor guys at the track. Sometimes <laughs> you know there's an encounter with Jesus because Jerry, what's going man? They know who Jerry is. Why do people come to the shop where Mr. Stowe and Jerry are, their neighbors, and they say, hey, we need you to pray? That happens. Why? Because there's a presence in the glory of God. It may not be a physical cloud that descends anymore, but there's something in the spirit that people can see. They see it in your life and they're attracted to it. Be desperate for his presence. It's what the scriptures mean when they say no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us God revealed these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. We've got to be desperate for him. One more quote that I want to give you from Jonathan Edwards. When God has something great to accomplish for his church, it is his will that there should precede it the extraordinary prayers of his people. God's got a big work for you. The, what has to precede that is extraordinary prayers of his people. God, would you use me today? I am desperate for, for your presence. I am desperate for you, Lord. Can we stand? Miss Vicki, if you'll come on up. There's four quick things. I want this you to make this your prayer today, okay? First of all, God, may your presence come down. God, may your word come home. What do I mean by that? In Nehemiah and 2 Chronicles, when the word was open and the people stood, they shouted to God and they fell on their face. See, there was a time in history where the Bible had been neglected. The presence of God had been neglected. When the Bible was brought out and they heard the word, they began to shout. They fell on their faces. Lord, we need your presence. So here's our prayer. May your presence come down. May your word come home. May we receive your word. And may we reproduce your word. I've heard many people say, including myself, I need to go to church for me because I need to be filled up. Is that true? Yes, it is. But the church was never meant to be entertainment for me. The church was designed so that believers could be equipped. And here's how you're going to be equipped today. I want you to, just before the Lord, maybe just lift your hands either in an upward or receiving type of fashion. And Holy Spirit, we need you today. And Allison's going to come and just uh, lead us through this. We're not going to sing with her at this time. She's going to softly sing. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Will you begin to pray, Holy Spirit, fill me today. We're going just a little bit over, but it's okay. Holy Spirit, would you fill us today? Holy Spirit would you give us your presence you promise in your word that you will do that and you won't withhold your spirit from us Lord. we're a desperate people and we need you Lord God I need you in my home I need you in my workplace I need you in ministry I need you in my neighborhood God may your glory descend upon your people today God may you fill us fresh so that we're ready for this week that this is not just a Sunday experience however this Sunday experience propels us Monday through Saturday and that each day we receive from you Monday, Holy Spirit we need you Tuesday, Holy Spirit we need you Wednesday, Holy Spirit we need you, we're desperate for your presence Lord we want to see miracles happen I pray that this week Lord that there's miracles that take place healings happen, provision is made, salvation happens, because the people of abundant life have said, God, we are desperate for you. Would you move in us, and through us, and among us, and pour out your Holy Spirit. Church, just receive from him. We receive from you, Lord. We're going to close out the service, and Miss Gail and Larry are going to be up here uh, if you need special prayer, if you need to receive Jesus as your Savior. But I want to open up these altars, too. While we're still continuing to play and Allison singing, just you're dismissed. Feel free to leave. But if you want that extra time with the Lord this morning, you just, you just feel that you need that. Come on down to the altars and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Or turn around in your seat where you are there, too, as well.